When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, KISS fans. This is Baco from the Cobras and Fire podcast. Here to tell you this, people, when I want to listen to a podcast talk some KISS, I typically check out the Cobras and Fire archives and listen to my favorite person of all time, me. But when I'm down in the dumps and I need something to pick me up, and I have listened to literally every other KISS podcast on the planet, I check out the latest episode of the Shout It Out Loud cast, featuring your hosts, Tom and Zeus, two guys who can clearly take a joke. With that, you're listening to the Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. If you people want a little bit of rock and roll, I said if you people want a little bit of rock and roll, shout it out loud! Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 94, Mark St. John. Tom, this time we're uh, we're doing a member episode. Our second member of Kiss. Yeah, this is a deep cut member episode. Uh, one that not a lot of people know the story of. It's uh it's a tragic story, but we're gonna try to uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna try to give him the respect that he deserves, and uh, you know, hopefully, it's not a completely somber episode. We don't like those on Shout It Out Loudcast. Yeah, and uh, we had previously done last year Peter Chris. Yep. This year we're gonna do uh, Mark St. John, and uh, other than that, how are you today, buddy? Uh, great. I'm sitting at my new desk. Uh, previously announced, I got a new chair. Now I have a new desk. <laughs> so. You know, I need all this woodwork projects around the house. You're doing. Yeah, I, I I whittled it out of a tree that fell in my backyard during COVID. Wow, looks like somebody got a name Woodshot. <laughs> yeah, it's always been kind of a hobby. I whittled that out of beech wood. Huh, it's beautiful. So, yeah. so what got you into uh, carpentry? Carpentry. Watch out for all that lacquer. You get yeah. put. You might catch something on fire. Ah, get cheap high off the wood lacquer. I need, I need a bit. I need a big desk to keep to all my research for these episodes. I, I can't have that little little thing I had before. Yeah, it's all right, brother. How many yeah, kiss I, books can you put on there? Yeah, I hear you, fruitcake. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with you? <laughs> same old, same old, my friend. We used to have four sports going on at the same time. Now we're just down to fucking football and the Pats suck. So I know it's brutal. It, I, don't, I don't know what to do with myself on Sundays. I find oh, yeah. myself, I find myself barely even watching the games now. I forgot. Oh yeah. World series is still going on, but there was a time we used to really get into baseball, but who cares? 
I totally forgot there was baseball going on until I got some alert on my phone. I'm like, they're still playing baseball? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know who's in it. Does, all it does is remind us the fact that the best player in the fucking league oh, yeah. was a Red Sox player, but we traded him for salary purposes. The Boston Red Sox traded somebody because of salary. Yep. Think about that. Yep. That used to be the other way around. The Red Sox would load up on salary. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. But Brutal. we always we can't be winners all the time. The curse of Tom Brady is going to get us, you know. <laughs> the party's but over, it, bitches. <laughs> yeah, if you notice, though, he's in Tampa. The Tampa Bay uh, Lightning won the Stanley Cup, and the Tampa Bay Rays are in the World Series. Somebody posted something on social media. They said, yep. wherever Bra- did you see that? Where Michigan was winning yep. when he was there, and yep. the Detroit Red Wings had their dynasty when he was over there. And then when he grew up in San Francisco, the yep. 49ers dynasty was going on. <laughs> Wherever he goes, they win, baby. Whoever did that research is just, that's fucking hilarious, but I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Wherever yep. he goes, he breeds winning. And yeah, and he was here and he and shouted out loud cast was formed when he was here. Oh boy. Is that yeah, winning? So uh, is, that, is that, is that considered winning? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, to some people, some people <laughs> to fucking chalk it up to a loss. <laughs> Wrap up the career. Um, <laughs> So we had uh, last week, we did our Real Kiss Alive episode, Real Kiss Alive 7. Yep. And uh, we had a poll. Yep. So Real Kiss Alive 7 uh, included songs from Hot in the Shade, Revenge, and Carnival of Souls. So the episode poll, we posted uh, copies of both of our set lists. And Zeus, what do you know? 50 50. <laughs> wow. No winner. Uh, but we did get some comments. Uh, John Gross simply said Tom's Steve, our buddy said, have to go with Zeus is here. Only one song is different to mine shows. We both have great taste. Bill Elam says both great set list, but I got to go with Zeus, but kudos to Tom for having thou shall not in his set. Um, Baco, our buddy Baco says it's close, but you both should seek help for putting forever in the encore. <laughs> I don't. Why would why would that be a problem? A lot of bands throw it throw an, throw a ballad in the encore, exactly. Especially with Beth, like that Sell was always out Baco. So, <laughs> um, and then I love it louder. Said, "Ha ha! I have to put forever in the encore. Boomerang would be a killer opener or closer, meaning literally everyone would keel over and die." <laughs> oh yeah, there was. We, we got some. We got. We'll we'll get into the uh, episode feedback in a little bit, but that's the poll and uh, poll feedback. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I know we did have some stuff on uh, YouTube. <laughs> um, Craig Broderick, you guys fucking crack me up. Thank Thanks. you, Craig. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Marty White likes to comment on Twitter on. On YouTube, Ace Blue's chance of ever being in Kiss again when he was horrible at every show on the Kiss cruise. Oh, yeah. It was so obvious that Paul and Gene were seeing what kind of shape he was in and how much he could handle. Turns out he couldn't handle much. He later told Stuart, Yeah, I really didn't keep Paul and Gene for for the rest of the cruise. (laughs) Gee, Ace, I wonder why. He went on to say, I saw Eric a lot on that cruise. We hung out and had a few drinks. <laughs> Did you know I was 13 years sober? Oh, yeah. I had to take it easy on that cruise because I couldn't get McDonald's for fillet. 
<laughs> oh well, bottoms up, Ace, as Rachel says. Oh man, yeah, we've heard, we heard those stories about the Kiss crews about how they were like, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't know you, get away from us. Yeah, poor Ace. Yeah. Well, ah! Oh well. Ah! <laughs> And then uh, back to episode feedback on Twitter. Um, so we had, thank you for all the people that get shared their list. Um, our buddies, Nicholas Gratton, uh, Deuce, Steve, um, Sonny Pooney got the crowd going by uh, trolling us as he always does by creating his set list and putting read my body as the opener. And uh, of course our buddy, Joey Casada, read my body and Sonny Pooney should never be written in the same tweet. <laughs> Um, Twisted Kister gave us his set list. Um, Jason H gave us his. Marcelo Arineo. A uh, lot, a lot of people sharing their set list. That was so that, that was awesome to see. Our buddy Tony. Tony had a great set list. I actually commented and said it might even be better than mine. And then we had Vincent Maroni, who opened up with Boomerang, <laughs> and he was being very serious about it. Very, said it, very serious. Very serious. He said it fits the bill. Hard, fast-paced, strong opening riff to a concert. Unfortunately, from the three albums, there aren't a lot of great concert openers. Some good album openers. If you like Boomerang, it makes sense. If you don't, you're wrong. Okay. Right. I don't know about that. Boomer, Boomerang is just just horrific. I took a beating for having betrayed in my set list. But I, I even commented that I was like, eh. I love these albums, but putting a set list together, there wasn't really a, a true opener or a true closer. I, I definitely struggle with finding a true closer. Uh, true closer. Uh, I love it louder. Said Tom betrayed. Yes, please. And thou shall not. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Joel Hoffman said funny stuff as always. Carnival of Souls is just embarrassing. A band who has told us to rock and roll all night and party every day and put the X in sex. And our multi-millionaires, now they expect us to think they are sad and depressing, writing this grunge shit, just embarrassing shit. And then wow. Twisted Kister responded with, well, they had just put out their best album in a decade, but no one cared. They were at peak level, peak performance level live, but no one cared. Most thought they were done as an arena act, probably had a lot to be down about. So that's uh, that's a lot of the, tw- oh, and then Do said another another Zeus classic. Oh God! What that's and he with that... had a photo of what looks like veal cacciatore. I think, yep, and a, and a little girl making an expression, M- making a face. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, that was that little girl. Yeah, that was oh. good. And and then we had a um, then we had a direct message from our buddy uh, Stephen Wood, who says, "Oh my God, I'm crying listening to Zeus's silent but deadly story." <laughs> oh God, man, that was. <laughs> I'm glad you. I hope you guys enjoyed that because, tr- as you heard, trying to re- get through that while we were recording live was a was a struggle. That was fucking brutal. Um. Yeah. There was also a couple other comments. I don't know if you got to them, Tom. I don't think you did. Okay. Go ahead. Pull some and out. That was from Steve. Okay. And this wasn't really so much about the. It was more about the discussion. Okay. Is Rachel Gordon mental? Who is going to risk buying blank cassettes? For money, fuck me ragged. If anyone buys even a single tape from her, they want fucking sectioning. I don't even know what sectioning means. I'm assuming that's probably the the British version of like being institutionalized or something. Committed, you know, section yeah. eight, section nine, whatever the fuck it's called. I bid you one piss cup. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh man. God. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, yeah, that whole thing of her like trying to sell fucking cassettes. Oh. Could be a gold mine. Yeah. No, it won't Alrighty be. Alrighty then. Yeah, exactly. So, it's not gonna be. And there's one more comment we got, Tom. Uh oh. About our episode and our set list. Go ahead. It was a text. Oh, and the text came from our buddy Mr. Jericho, who was a little bit of abrasive, Jericho. You mean salty Chris? Yeah. Um, he wasn't he was a little bit he didn't like my formula. So he decided to tell me that I'm a stupid idiot because he didn't like the fact, and a couple of people brought that up that I used Eric Carr on some tracks and also Eric Singer. He's like, yeah, but- if you're doing Eric Singer, how the hell are you having Eric Carr sing this song? And my theory is, like, it's not one concert. It's like a live album. I think Rainbow did that with their live album where they had three legendary singers and they used tracks. Their last album was some live album. And they used live performances from different members, which to me would have been brilliant. Um, and we, we, so- addressed that, we addressed that during the episode that you said it would be like a tribute to Eric Carr that it would be put in there. Yeah, it, it would. And basically, uh, you know, Chris ended up sending to us his his list. And he also um, tweeted the list, too. Uh, do you have that list right there, Tom? I do. Yep. Uh, hold on one second here. Hold on. I just had it. And here we go. Yeah, so he 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 retweeted us and shared his list, which was pretty awesome. So he opens up with Rise to It, then he has Thou Shall Not, Hide Your Heart, Unholy, Heart of Chrome, Hate, Master and Slave, Drum Solo. Then he goes into Love's a Slap in the Face, I Will Be There, Forever. Then he says Blackout, Set Up the Girls, and then we do Take It Off, Paralyzed, I Just Wanna, Domino, God gave rock and roll to you. Yeah. It's a great set list, but it takes a lot of balls to put loves a slap in the face in, the, in, a, in a set list. I like the song, but we love Jericho too. So, yeah. And then, so when I told him about the rainbow, it's like, well, I don't like rainbow. So your rules don't apply. Oh, they thought to get all pissy. I'm like, dude, I told you about the reason why. What are you drinking some of the bubbly again? Oh, <laughs> And then he sends us a voice memo where he's like, no, you stupid idiot. Are you fucking drinking? Yeah. And then he went from voice memo to actually sending us videos. <laughs> I think you called him. I called him. I, call, I called him. Chris. No, I, I called him COVID Chris. So he responded, sending me a video. He goes, he goes, settle down tuberculosis, Tom. <laughs> There's nothing like getting fucking videos Jericho yelling at you. <laughs> it was so funny. But <laughs> that was just, it, it was so funny. He goes, some of his comments, though, he's just like. Because it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he, go, he goes, he because goes, it's stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my And he God. asked me, hey. How many Zambucas have you had, Greek God? <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. He's just too funny. Uh, he's that, just the best. We love he him. He is. It was, it was great. It was great. 
Um, but yeah, no, Jericho, we, we, we appreciate the retweet and the, and the, and the talking back and forth. Good stuff. And, and Jericho's a legend. We love him. That was a lot of fun. We have one more of those real kiss alive eight to go. And that's going to be Tom. The last three kiss albums, cycle circus, sonic boom and monster. Yeah. Ooh. That might have to be, like I said, I think I may have said this last week. That might have to be a, a single. <laughs> With one 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 song on each side, <laughs> yeah. And then when we finish up the real Kiss Alive's, we'll probably have to do Kiss Alive review review. Which album is the best? Which would you rather have of the three albums in a row? Yeah, that's, because obviously yeah. you take away the first six. That's obvious. Right, right, right. Yeah. But if you could make a real Kiss Alive from the three albums. After that, which would you do? Yeah, no, that'll be Things good to think about, right? Absolutely. Yep. And we love doing that. We love breaking down and analyzing is our forte. That's what we love to do here. Yeah. We just love uh, doing that. Dissecting. Exactly. Love the, the, love the, <laughs> like the numbers. Ted Sarandis from WEI break down and dissect with Jordan Caron. Yeah, but you got to watch out for the, for the falling debris. You were dodging <laughs> debris. The crowd had to dodge debris being thrown at them. Dude, if anybody out there is from the Boston area or the New England area and remembers Ted Sarandis, it's the most the most the, the most humorless sportscaster in the world. He was fucking awesome. He used to like get angry with callers. Yeah. Oh, really? That 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 makes sense. Oh, that's what that's what the Patriots are gonna do. That you waited online for 50 minutes. <laughs> to make that comment on Ted Nation. All right, next caller, please. <laughs> he had like he was like a robot. He had no emotion. Yeah, right. um, Ted. I just first time I've been in Fenway since I lost my dad. He was my hero. He's my favorite person in the Hawaii world, and uh, I got to see them play against. The- really meant a lot to me. All yeah. right, my man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. For, yeah, thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Five. <laughs> Six one seven four eight two is the number. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. <laughs> yeah, Ted. Uh, I've been battling cancer. I finally got myself. Six one seven four eight two is the number. Call today. We're off to commercial break. Thank you. Fucking <laughs> Ted Serratus. Fucking oh, man. Dude, dude, All right, get- let's switch it over to something. Even more humorous. <laughs> What's on in Kiss World? Oh God! So, so I want to start with something. Okay. I want to start with something on Twitter today that that I thought was interesting. So, uh, it was a Twitter. It, it used to be Donna Chang is sexy, but they've now changed the handle to Ranch wait, and wait, wait, Joey. Wait, oh. wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> That sound you heard. The Sunny Pooney burner account alert. Alert, alert. So somebody tagged, they tagged us and three other very, very popular KISS podcasts that have been around a lot longer there than us. There's no other KISS popular podcast, buddy. Sorry. Go I, ahead. I, was try- I was trying to be nice. Um, so they, they said, what happens if we start losing some of our... Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, oh, let me shit. get my spaghetti. It's it's sitting on the fridge. Yeah. 
I just think these guys, they're ridiculous the way they talk about what's going on in Kiss World. But he was bragging about taking a dump in the elevator. These these guys talk about breaking wind on their show. It's ridiculous. Um, you can take a photo of me and enjoy it for your enjoyment. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking jerk and if off. Come on our show. We're gonna fucking delete you. Come in, you make a comment that's negative. You're out of here. Forget the haters. We won. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Um, so what happens if we start losing some of our KISS podcasts because there isn't enough stuff going on? Then he says, rumor has it that a couple of shows are hanging up their microphones soon. I hope it's not. And then he mentions us. And like I said, three other very long running kiss podcasts. And one of them responded and said, it should be expected. We all do this for fun. I suspect more than anything that this is the leading reason podcasters stop. It is no longer fun. I think there's always something to discuss in the kiss world. Um, There were a couple other comments there. Um, all things end change is inevitable. It has to be fun to take the time and effort, but there'll always be someone ready with a fresh perspective. And then I comment and say, we're not going anywhere. We're, we're here. There's always stuff to talk about. We, you know, 
in, in the tweet, they posted some pictures of, of the Kiss End of the Road Tour. And I said, you know, we started this before the End of the Road Tour was even announced. So it's not like we jumped on the End of the Road you know, bandwagon to do a show. So there's, there's plenty to talk about. But I don't know if that's just tr- trolling to try to get people, you know, excited or upset or whatever. But I, I, have, I don't know about anybody quitting. I mean, not that we would know. Um, Tom, we have to talk. Uh-oh. <laughs> breaking news. Every break, Breaking news, everybody. This is the end of the road for Shout It Out Loudcast. We're doing a grunge podcast. Yep. And by the way, we did our Shout It Out Loudcast live cast last week. Uh, we had Jay from the Hook Rocks on join us with Sonny from the Bonus Crew. Yep. And uh, that was a ton of fun. And <laughs> we were talking about songs. And I think you texted this to us today where someone wrote, who the fuck <laughs> said that? A a political blues is better than any fucking thing from Jar of Lies. Yep. It's fucking a moron. Yep. And uh just to get off a little off topic, we uh that was a ton of fun. And uh me and Tom are big grunge fans, and uh we uh, obviously defended those albums, love grunge albums, love those bands. And if anything, what we always talked about is anything that we would do was shout it out loud cast. We'll only do as an addition to our KISS podcast. Right. So the KISS part of this is never going away. No. So when we wanted to branch out and do other stuff, we always said that we're not going to take an episode off instead of doing a KISS podcast that week. We're going to do uh, an album review with Sonny yep. or a movie topic or talk about Tom's fucking wood projects at his house. <laughs> it's always going to be every week, shout it out loud, cast KISS stuff. If we do anything else, it'll be bonus episodes. That's it. So we're not going anywhere. That's all that, I wanted to say. That's a potential teaser right there, by the way. We won't tell you what that we won't tell you what Zeus was getting at on that, but stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then other stuff. Oh, sorry. Did you want to comment on that tweet about shows? Maybe No, we're not. I'm just saying we're okay. not going anywhere. I hope the okay. other guys and it's all good fun. We like all those other guys. Oh, yeah, everybody's, of course. Uh, everybody's a little bit different. Um Everyone's got this room for everybody. We're, none of us are the yeah. same. Let's be honest. We're all different. Some are real fucking cheerleaders. Some are like theses in a college writing about kiss. Others are have access and ability to reach people that others cannot get in interviews with people. We can't get mm-hmm. there's room for everybody. And yep. um, kiss is not fucking Fleetwood Mac. We're, there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about in dissect. So right. we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Yep. Um, so a couple other things that popped up um, kiss related uh, is anybody that lives in um, the Sarasota, Florida area, a new thing was announced called the Kissmas masquerade. It is a two day fan base kiss themed event in Sarasota, Florida, and it, it'll be streaming. Um, there'll be live music, merchandise, artist panels, and more. Um, if anybody is involved in any of those kiss Facebook groups, there's a kiss live auction group. Um, and the, the, the guy that is the best out there, a guy named by the name of Phil Elliott, he's, he's wired in and connected. He does stuff all over the place. Um, I'm not sure if he's in charge of this, but he was the, he was the one who posted the first thing that I saw. Um, if you're interested in this, they have a website, kissmas 2020.com. Um, and also an email of at kissamerica at gmail.com. And again, that's going to be in December. Uh, so maybe that's the sign of some kiss activity happening. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. Things take off and maybe there'll be some band involvement or I don't know who knows. 
Yep. What else do uh, we get? And then also um, another Kiss related thing. Gene Simmons from Kiss uh, has announced that he will take over a little bit on Sirius XM's Aussie's Boneyard. Um, if you're not familiar with Aussie's Boneyard, that's the hard rock heavy metal channel that plays stuff from the 70s and 80s. A lot of Kiss stuff. Um, he's going to do a Halloween guest DJ session. Uh, so he's going to take over. They do that a lot of times. They'll hand it over to to guys and let them play what they want during the season. Uh, so if you're a Sirius XM subscriber, check out Aussie's Boneyard in the coming weeks and listen for the Gene Simmons takeover. Another thing about. Wait, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Jump in. Gene Simmons. He's playing what? He's gonna so he's gonna be on Aussie's Boneyard as a Halloween guest DJ. So he'll play. No, no, probably- no, no, no. I was kind of oh. I was kind of trying to set it up for something. Oh, sorry. I was I was basically going to say, is he like bringing back his old nuke uh, character back? Oh, trick or treat? Maybe. Halloween? Oh, yeah. That would be awesome if he if he did that. See, he would do that because he's funny and has a sense of humor. If this was Paul, he'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was never in a movie called Trick or Treat. Like G- no, Gene would, I had Gene would classic ex- lines in movies. Like, yeah, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> let's go. That would yeah, be yeah, awesome if he. I was thinking about Tom. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't want to overspeak, but uh, yeah, when you mentioned it, I was thinking of the Nuke character. But go ahead. No, that's actually a great point. I didn't even think of that, but that would be hilarious if he acknowledged that. So yeah, so that that's that's Gene, and then something I saw today uh, for anybody out there that likes to drink. Yeah, I'd like to straighten out this funny little drinking problem I got. Um, <laughs> which is funny. Which is funny. Anytime, anytime Kiss does anything alcohol related, it's just funny because if you follow the band, you know that Paul and Gene like don't drink, like especially Gene. And they came out there. 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 They came out with a. Kiss Black Diamond Rum. The bottle is fucking awesome. I mean, if you're even if you don't drink, it would be like an awesome collector's item. I would buy it, but when I clicked on the link, the entire thing is in like fucking Swedish or the the fucking website's not in English. So I don't know if there's a way to get it anywhere. But if, um, if you if you Google Kiss Black Diamond Rum, you'll see all the information there. Like I said, even if you don't drink, getting your hands on this bottle would just be an absolutely kick-ass collector's item. I can imagine what your cart would look like. It sounded like that Jerky Boy skit. $2,000 for what? <laughs> for a small sack of potatoes. <laughs> like, what the fuck did I just order? Okay, we got a deal. Okay. $2,000. $2,000? Yeah. For what? For a small box of potatoes. Of potatoes? Yes. I don't need potatoes. I need just tomatoes. I'll give you tomatoes, and then you give me 2000 for the box of potatoes. Good. Okay? Okay. You're a good businessman. Why not? Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I like doing business with you. I make money. Exa- well, actually, the, pr- the price is here. It's, it's 42, 42 American dollars for a bottle. Okay. Um, Still ridiculous. For, no, of course it's ridiculous, but, 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 but you'd be buying it. You'd, people probably buy it, fucking dump it out, and then just keep the bottle because it looks really cool. People were buying like fifty dollars worth of cereal boxes. Remember that? Yeah, I have two. The What's the problem? Cereal. <laughs> yeah, I have two. I have, I have two. What's the problem? <laughs> but I got I got mine for like eight dollars when they were like normal. Yeah. And then before we move on, unless Zeus has anything to to add, our buddy Pandemic Paul must have taken either some kind of 
maybe some kind of antidepressant, or maybe he just sat back and realized, maybe I don't need to be insane on Twitter anymore because he tweeted today. It's Wednesday, October 21st. He tweeted out, maybe this pandemic and its isolation can lead us to realize how essential we all are to one another. Family and friends are our lifeline. I meet people I don't know every day and see the comfort we share in that moment. We're reminded that we are all going through this together. Well, you want to comment on that first before I do? Well, the sycophants uh, like are just so Paul, you're so well-spoken. Oh, you're so right, Paul. Oh, Paul, you're the greatest. I fucking drive me, drives me nuts. I always look to see if I, all the people that roll their eyes at this and be like, just give me a fucking break. Who the fuck is metal old guy on Twitter? <laughs> Came after him and said, your therapist has you all kinds of fucked up. Stay <laughs> off the drugs. <laughs> Who the fuck? <laughs> Remember that was in like Sean Delaney's um, hell box. Yeah. Where, or in other stuff, they were talking about this fucking that Paul was like, Oh, suicidal because he couldn't get a hold of his therapist. Like, yep. He's all messed up. Yep. It, it, it's, it's just, it's fine. Look, we say this every week, you know, maybe this is Paul kind of coming around or maybe he's, maybe he's just exhausted of stomping his feet on Twitter. You know, maybe he's like, maybe it's just time to friggin' do something. Um, I don't know. But, but one thing I noticed too, and this just caught my eye and I don't know if anybody else noticed this. We talked about how, if you're not a kiss fan, you would never know that Paul Stanley is, is in kiss. If you go to his Twitter page, so his profile picture, he has that Baco resting. I just farted face, but then his, his header photo is him standing in an art gallery with all of his photos, with all of his artwork. Yeah. Not a picture of him on stage playing, playing music in the makeup. It's a picture of him in his art gallery. So anyways, wait, underneath it is paulstanley.com. Not kiss.com. Exactly. Now, mind you, I didn't look at the other guys, but I'm just, it goes to paulstanley.com. Right. Yeah. So and you yeah, have that, to scroll down on paulstanley.com to see that anything that he's in kiss. Yep. Exactly. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. And then I think Ace had put something out right at the end after we recorded our episode. He was talking about what? Um, some more things about Psycho Circus and they didn't utilize him and everything else and it's a mistake in his opinion dude i'm sorry you have pandemic paul fucking ace has driven me fucking nuts i i I don't like him right now i don't i find him annoying i think that he needs a publicist that could tell him shut the fuck up dude you're killing any any fucking chance of any type of performance with you and kiss they don't want to deal with your shit. You're not as big as you think you are. Yeah, I'm the most fucking talented. Yeah, I'm the coolest. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have the biggest fucking album sale. Yeah, I have a, dude. I don't, I don't understand. Fucking just let, let me just say this. I yeah, go ahead. Go just ahead. Make it so such a blanket statement. His solo shit sucks. <laughs> His fucking writing sucks. His voice sucks. He was talking about Mick Jagger. Well, I like doing Stone songs because Mick is not a virtuoso singer. Dude, are you like... You can't do anything. Are you mocking Mick Jagger? 
like that you like shut the fuck up dude you look like a muppet and and you've got fucking all sorts of vibrant stuck up your ass (laughs) but like it just he's so aggravating the cool thing about ace prior to this the last few years is ace just let his music do his shit and he was a good time he never bitched about stuff he was never like fucking all about me he didn't give a shit about now all he wants to do is take the credit for anything cool in kiss and then anything negative, like, oh, too much merchandise or too much disco or too much. I just wanted to play rock and roll. Yeah, I'm sure you gave back all those royalty checks you got from the Kiss pinball machine and all that other stuff, Ace, right? It's just fucking aggravating. Revisionist history. Just shut the fuck up. You're becoming very unlikable. Yeah, but I think the, the thing with Ace is that when I when I hear him every week, you know, doing what you said i think to me it cements the idea that he's done with kiss because if there was any if the door was open even a little bit he would not be bashing everything about kiss bashing tommy thayer bashing psycho circus bashing just things generally like you said taking credit for the good and shitting on the bad to me that sounds like somebody who has finally realized it's over so I got no shot. So now I'm just going to air my dirty laundry. I'm just going to bitch out and shit on the, the kiss stuff. I don't like shit on the members. I don't like, and it's just a really, like you said, it's just a fucking ugly look. It's just a real bad look. And you're, you're right. His solo stuff, like it, the early stuff, we, we did our trouble walk and review that fucking album is terrific. Some of the early stuff is okay, but these last few albums, it, the origins albums stand on their own. Cause it covers but, you know, Space Invader and Space, wherever the fuck they are, the albums are terrible. And if you like them, that's fine. Good for you. That That's great. It's 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 just an ugly look to see any former member bash, you know, what they what they were involved in. And it, and it's and every day it's it's the same. It's always something new. Literally last week when we finished recording that night, I sent the thing to Zeus. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Here's a shitting on Psycho Circus now. Yeah, it's just it, just shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Yep. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. You've taken the fact that guitarists and stuff. You were the kiss. I mean, we're saving this. I've talked about this before. I mean, there's stuff that gets on my nerves, but even when we did our overrated, underrated, I fucking put him as the overrated. Nobody else could have done what he did. Somebody, another, there were plenty of other great guitarists. And not be a fucking shitbag. Oh, you had fucking fire came out. Okay, that's a cool stunt. I love that Gene does the blood thing. But if Gene never did the blood thing, he still contributes a thousand other things to Kiss. You know, but I I don't, that just compounds why I love Gene. That doesn't, that's not the only reason. In in his solo work and his guitar work, fucking overrated. Okay, that's that's, that's, good shit. That's fucking Paul. That's Fuck where that, that that's where that's where we part ways. So I would fuck n- off. He's so n- fucking overrated now, and he's driving me nuts. Okay, that's where we part ways. There's nothing about Ace that was overrated when his heyday with Kiss. Nothing. Oh, but that's a stu- so we'll save that for the Ace Freely episode. Fuck him, the Muppet. <sighs> okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, fucking. I was the fucking. 
coolest member. I was definitely the most interesting member. <laughs> Fuck up, <laughs> fucking bozo. Oh. All right. Any other news? Anything you want to talk about before we turn the corner? Nope. Nope. That's All right. It well, before I get myself in more trouble. But well, in case uh, you know the the uh, Adam Eve uh, fuck off of the week, Mister Ace fucking Muppet Freely. There you go. Fuck off. There you go. I like that. We might try to engage the 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 advertisers with the fuck off with the go fuck yourself of the week. Yeah, there you go. All right, I'll take that. We can sponsor somebody to tell them to go fuck yourself. Okay. Yeah, because at adamandeve.com, you can do all that, but you can also use promo code loudcast and you get a ton of extra stuff. If you you buy what you want on their website, you throw in promo code loudcast, you're going to get free gifts, free movies, free shipping, tons of awesome stuff if you go to adamandeve.com and use that promo code loudcast. And uh, the Adam and Eve go fuck yourself of the week uh, of week one goes to Ace Freely. Was <laughs> <laughs> that fucking Muppet in that nostril? Ace's nose is the fuck off the week. That? Tip O'Neill be the fuck off of the week. <laughs> God. All right. Uh, so this week we're going to do a member episode. Yep. And just, you know, we're not doing A&E biographies here. We're just going to no. give you talk about this guy in each member and then, you know, have a little little uh, discussion about them, their career, their life. And then we can break down some of their tracks. Now, it's obvious uh, with Mark St. John, he was only on one album and two of the songs he didn't even participate in. So... You know, he didn't participate in Murder in High Heels and uh, Lonely is the Hunter. So really, only seven songs. And um, I know we already did an Animalize review, but we'll probably just rank these songs according to what we think is the best guitar tracks. Mm -hmm. How's that? And uh, so it'll be a little bit different than what we did previous to that. Um, So Mark St. John, Tom, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so like Zeus said, we, we we like to do member episodes, and you know, obviously, you know, people are probably like, "Whoa, Mark St. John, is there that much to talk about?" Well, there is, and it's it, you know, it's a it's a tragic story for for many reasons that we're going to get into. But like Zeus said, this isn't an A and E biography, but unfortunately, Mark had a very short career and a very sad uh, passing, and we, you know, we're going to get into that, but we're going to talk about his his career before, during, and after Kiss. So, Mark Leslie Norton. Uh, it was Ooh. his birth. That's Mark St. John's birth name. Mark Leslie Norton born February 7th, 1956 in Hollywood, California, and sadly passed away extremely young in 2007 at the age of 51. Very sad stuff. And, and again, we will talk about that, but it's funny because before he joined kiss very well, very well known and very respected music teacher. And I think we may have talked about that a little bit, Zeus, when we talked a, a little bit about Animalize. We talked about his yeah. background and how he was really skilled in a lot of different instruments. Guitar was his strength, but he he came he came from the academic aspect of of guitar and music, which is the part of like Kiss uh, Extreme Close of where yep. Gene talks about you know the guitars and go like the B shit, yep, rather than a good old crunch chord, yep. Music sometimes that's why I get annoyed when I'm like, oh, listen to fucking Ingve or or Satriani or this guy or that guy. And I'm like, I'd rather listen to fucking somebody that can give me a song or a riff that 
can go with a melody or can go with a chorus and it becomes a good song. I just can't listen to that shit. I might as well put on classical music. I don't want something in the background. I want something I can rock to. Right. And, you know, I think Kiss and uh, made that mistake twice. They were they chased uh, a fad for a guitar player rather than the fit. And yep. unfortunately he was one of them, but yeah, he was a, a well-known respected teacher at Southern California. And, uh, you know, I think he was what a cover band at the time when kiss found him. Yeah. He was in a band called front page. Um, and you know, we'll kind of, then he, so he had, he had a little, he had a little bit of a career before kiss and then he had a little bit of a career after kiss. Yeah. Um, so he, there was a very, sh- obviously a very short life that he had with kiss he was on animalize and a lot of the stories that you hear about him was how he kind of clashed with paul you're going to hear conflicting stories as always whenever there's something involving paul uh but the essence of the story is that uh during the recording um gene was away doing stuff on his movie paul was away doing stuff eric was away so mark and the engineer were in the studio working on guitar stuff and he thought it was great He's like, oh, I got free reign. I'm going to do my Mark St. John thing. And Paul comes back. The band, the band comes back. And uh, they were, quote unquote, horrified to hear what he had done when they returned from their trip. Mark claims they got all kind of weird about it. They decided they had to be there the entire time while I was playing guitar watching over me. Uh, it was one of those dog on a leash things. Paul came in and just pretty much erased everything and didn't like anything that he was doing. Uh, so that right there, you know, conflicting reports, because then Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons then say um, that their classic story was with Mark is that during the making of Animalize, I sent him home one night to come up with a solo. The next day he came back, played the solo. And this is a famous thing that Kiss claims to have had a problem with Mark. He said, play it again. He said, I can't. And he's like, what do you mean? And Mark's like, I had a really hard time playing the same thing twice. I just played notes. Yeah, it's. um it's just one of those things that sounds great, this and that. Now be part of a band. It's the guy that you see in a fucking playground shooting hoops, destroying everybody one-on-one on a basketball hoop, then put him in a game in the NBA, and he's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Yep. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. Like, doesn't understand a system. You yep. can be an individual but can't develop a song within a band and keep that structure. And that's something that, unfortunately, um, you know, kisses, kisses kind of, uh, you know, it's got the obvious um, reputation of just, oh, they're not serious about music. They're just a fucking Mickey Mouse band or whatever. They are serious. They have a formula. They know what they're doing. And when they're in the studio, this is the way they do it. They don't fuck around like that. You don't hear this. Use your illusion one and two crazy stories, Chinese democracy shit. Right. This is them in the studio. This is what they work on. This is how they get it done. Occasionally, they'll have something that tracks being sent. Not everybody's in the same place. Somebody's doing something in Vancouver. Someone's in LA. Someone's in New York. Okay, that happens from that. But they don't have like fucking issues like this. And I think they're looking at him like, what the fuck? Maybe. All right. We already picked this guy. Let's see if we can make this work. And they're already probably like, this guy's on thin ice. And if you've already shit canned um, the guy previously, 
who've yep. been there like a year and a half, really, two years, right? Vinny? Vinny. And Ace yep. is already gone. They're probably like, what's the difference if we get rid of this guy? Yep. So he was already on a short lease. Yeah, and Paul Paul even said, like he even says in, in the in the book Behind the Mask, he said working with Mark was a challenge. For all his ability, he couldn't play the same thing twice, like we said. Um, we Paul said that they were used to having solos that were like written and worked on and played out. Uh, when he was recording with Mark, he found out that there was nothing. There was nothing there. Mark just played. Um, and then Mark Mark came out and said that this was really interesting to me when you when you look into the story of Mark joining Kiss. He even says, "I wasn't a Kiss fan. I never had any of their albums. <laughs> I was brought I was brought up on jazz and classical. I was a teacher at the time, and I happened to get the audition for Kiss and was asked to join. I didn't prepare." at all and i had no idea what they sounded like i mean that right there off the bat is like what the fuck dude this is when you look back and you sit there to yourself the worst decision of any hire fire or whatever least fit was mark st john what the fuck were you thinking i don't understand what their hurry was to pick this guy and and not do that that's not like them to rush this decision nope and just to throw it against it and like and not know what they're getting themselves into and then they when they shit on him after the fact it's like well you're the fucking asshole that hired him yep the only thing i can think of is so animalize animalize came out in uh 84 and uh the stuff that was going on in music at that time i mean again kiss always likes to look in the you know hindsight but in 84, there was a lot of that shit starting to happen. The, the shred stuff. Not every song on Animal Eyes has it. Some of it does. But, you know, Heaven's on Fire is a, is a, is a straight up rocker. You know, Thrills in the Night. You know, not every song is Ingve Mayhem. I mean, there's a couple songs on there that are guitar mayhem. We know that. So, you know, first of all, you're, you're, you're picking a guy for a band that doesn't even know you. That, that, that clearly is comes from a different league a, a different background the fit like you said the fit is it's a just a bizarre fit and then you know unfortunately we know the story of of what happened how bad luck for for him and you know i hate to say this it sounds a horrible thing maybe it was good luck for kiss everybody knows the story that he just came down with this horrible case of of arthritis and it caused all kinds of you know not just his hands and his arms and his elbows but his knees I mean, there's stories of him where he had to use like a cane and a walker to get in and out of the limos, you know, for the filming of the heavens on fire video, he was having difficulty moving. Unfortunately, kiss is putting into a position where, you know, holy shit, we're getting ready to start the start a tour, you know, animalizes a big album. What the fuck are we going to do? And that's the part where I feel, where I feel bad for Mark. You know, he, he even says, he's like, I went to a rheumatologist. They said I had arthritis. It ran its course through my body in about a year. His knuckles, his his kneecap, his Achilles. Um, he said he was, I was always the last one to get into the limo, the last one to get into the airplane. It was very hard for Kiss and I. Uh, he said they'd call me all the time to see if I was ready, but I wasn't ready. He said I flew out. I hung out with them for a couple weeks. Uh, they brought in Bruce, who was brought in on the recommendation of Bob. Rest in peace. We know that story. Bob recommended to them, hey, my brother Bruce. You know, and then the rest is history. And unfortunately, Mark just had a very sad and short career. And you got to wonder if he was healthy, uh, would they have given him a shot? I don't know, Zeus. I don't think so. It just wasn't a good fit. And like I was saying, 
if you're hiring a guy, he doesn't know your music. He doesn't like have the same influences. What you're hiring a fucking pet project. It doesn't make sense. Every single way. Like he's not a member. He's a fucking somebody. You're going to have to babysit. Do this, do that, do this. You fucking just hired a child, an apprentice to just throw shit at. How is he going to learn? He's not going to help you guys get better. He's a hired gun. But the problem is he's not even your type of hired gun. It's like I have a plumbing business and I interview people and the guy that I pick is not a plumber. He's a fucking apprentice for an electrician. But I bring him in my band. I'm like, oh, it just, you know, it's just not going to work. What the fuck do you think was going to happen when I hired an electrician apprentice to be in my plumbing business when he went out for a job? It's not going to fucking work. So yeah. I, I, I just, what are you thinking? And, and, and again, 1984, this is when the Guitar Hero, the Shredder, those guys were, were kind of up and coming. And you got to wonder, like, why, why Mark St. John? Like, like what was the, what, like you said, the, I think the, I think the rush was Vinny's gone. We're kind of fucked. You know, you got to wonder if they, if, if at any point in the back of their mind, I'm, I know that they'll say, no, you got to wonder if any point in the back of their mind, like, oh, fuck, could we have tolerated Vinny a little bit more? Probably not. Cause Vinny was insane at that time. I mean, it worked out great for, for kiss and it worked out great for Bruce, who is probably how long did it take them to find Bruce when they realized Mark wasn't working out? They couldn't well, have waited longer to hire Bruce just in general. That's my point. It happened immediately. I mean, he 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 joined he joined Kiss, and the by the end of the year on on December eighth of nineteen eighty four, that's when Bruce Kulick officially replaced Mark St. John. So Bruce I mean, he worked on the fucking album with them. Yeah, exactly. He's he on- fucking offering the job for to the other guy. Like they couldn't have realized this. What was their rush? I know they had to get an album out. They had a tour out. They try to have to keep up with the Joneses. They still have the, the the schedule of one album every year. It just it wasn't a bad, it uh, wasn't a good fit. And no, it wasn't. And then we know what happened. You know, Animalize comes out. Um, the tour goes on. He has the issue with uh, the uh, what do you call it? The writers is it? Was it called there? Writer writers syndrome. It's it's a, that's the that's the technical term for it. he had he had reactive arthritis, which is it's called writers syndrome. R e i t e r, I believe it's spelt. Yeah. Um, and it just it caused all different body parts from for from to swell. It wasn't it wasn't just his hands or his knuckles. He had it like all over his body. The poor man. Yeah, and so what ends up happening? I think he ends up touring and playing on one and a half concerts. Something yeah. like that. Yep, yep, and then they they just couldn't do it anymore. Um, Bruce is sitting in the wings every, and then in the end, by the, the rest of the tour, he's just like sitting on the side of the stage watching Bruce rock out with them, having a good time and being the guy that should have been there the first time. And uh, yeah, before yeah. you knew it, it he, you know they gave him his pink slip. Yeah, he said he said I, I left the band when they were in Terre Haute, Indiana. When I left, it was for medical reasons. It was amicable. Um, they had to do what they had to do. If I kept on playing, I probably wouldn't be playing now. Uh, and that was written. That That's a quote from, from the book. So when that was published. And then obviously, uh, Mark, only member not to appear on any album front cover. Uh, animalized cover features the animals. However, he's posing on the on, with the band on the back oh. cover. That, ri- <laughs> that ridiculous back cover where Paul Stanley, I said this earlier, said it looks like my sister and her friends from high school in fucking oh 1984. God. The hairdo on Paul. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Um, but you know, he had his contribution to history. He had yep. the, the one album. Yep. Um, it's the part of 
kiss extreme close up where Paul says there was like this one pope. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who is he? Um, but then after he left kiss, he did have a little, he, you know, he struggled to find his place in with music. I mean, you know, he teamed up with, um, a couple of guys to work on. He te- teamed up with David Donato, who was for, in Black Sabbath for a little bit. Barry Brandt of Angel. Uh, they worked on some demos. He was playing live again in that year, uh, doing some jam session stuff. The all-star jam that he was involved in, he played with guys, famous, great musicians like Rudy Sarzo, Tommy Aldridge. Performed at a couple of benefit jazz concerts. Played with some uh, legendary jazz musicians. So this isn't like some guy who's just a you know, some bozo that's not talented. The guy had skill and you got to wonder, was he, did he think that he needed to be that shredder, that Ingve guy? And then Paul and Gene like, no, no, no. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Cause the guy obviously has a, a very varied technical ability to play the guitar. Um, you know, after all that, he kind of moved in and, and started a band that people from the eighties know about white tiger, uh, which had some mild success. Good. No, just he formed the band with the the Donato guy, the former Black Sabbath guy, and apparently his younger brother. Yep. Uh, Michael Norton mm-hmm. um, on bass, and some guy named Brian James Fox. I remember White Tiger when all when hair metal was at its highest peak. Like, oh, White Tiger, the guy from Kiss, you know. Yep. Just it was what it uh, was. It was just. You know, they their album I think came out what eighty six. Uh, let's see. He uh, they had written most of the material for the album in the mid eight in the nineteen eighty five. Yeah, it came out right around that time. Yep. Yeah, and they yep. had the one release apparently, and I think they released something else like a demo collection or something later on. But you know, the band never really took off. It, it stayed the same, and they had the one album, and that was it. But if anybody says Mark St. John. After Kiss, your mind immediately goes to White Tiger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because they it bro- was also what White Snake, White Lion, White Lion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like White Tiger. What the fuck's next? <laughs> exactly. He teamed up with Jeff Scott Soto, our buddy Sonny. His uh, oh. his his Binky um, made a demo with him in 1988. Mark continued to do some session work. He all this is this is great right here. Talk about a little a little nugget of information. Mark St. John also worked with David Hasselhoff and appeared in one of his videos. So wow, Mark did his best to keep busy. And then Kiss fans may or may not be aware that he, in 1990 he did a demo uh with Peter Chris. And they came they they had a band short-lived known as The Keep. Um <laughs> Which was which was pretty much White Tiger uh, with Peter Chris replacing Brian Fox on the drums, so they played live just once at a drum clinic at a guitar center. I mean, I hate yeah, to laugh. Peter I hate, wasn't I hate, too happy with that band in his book, if you recall. Yeah, I do. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. But as you hear us talking about this after after his Kiss career, <laughs> you know, you got to give Mark credit. And again, we say it's it's a sad story. He tried his best to stay active. He worked with some talented musicians. Rudy Sarzo, Tommy Aldridge, Jeff Scott Soto, Peter Chris, these guys were legitimate. He just couldn't land anything. Yeah. It, it was just, he started another band in 1999, creatively titled the Mark St. John Project. They released an EP. 
Uh, he made an appearance at a Kiss Expo in New Jersey. And then in, in 2003, he released an instrumental album called The Magic Bullet Theory. And then that, long after that, he didn't make any public appearances. And that's when the trouble started. Yeah. Um, the thing that I want to pick up on is like, yeah, go ahead. Part, one part was Peter was like still adamant. I guess like everybody was like shitting on the demo, like no one wanted it. Yep. And Peter was adamant about, oh, no, let's continue. Peter had money to live off of. Mark did not. Right. <laughs> so he was like, I got to move on from this shit. And yep. uh, then Mark, um, Peter ended up just taking his banding formed Chris. Yep. And uh, it, it's again, you can have talented people together, talented musicians. If you can't make good songs, it doesn't mean shit. Yep. I can put fucking Steve Vai and all these other great musicians in a band. And if they can't come up with good music, what good is it? It's, it's right. And, and the problem, too, that Mark probably ran into was after he left Kiss in 84, that became that started like the peak of that type of music. You know, MTV was taken off. Hair metal was taken off. There were you. I mean, there was a dime a dozen those bands trying to break through. And Mark playing that similar style of music just couldn't land anywhere. And and that's why he just bounced around until eventually he just faded out of the music business. It was Let's just a tough time. In 91, they tried to make it a go. Yep. With Peter Chris and them. Yep. Fucking Motley Crue and them couldn't make it a go after 91. Right. All those bands were out. There's no chance him and Peter Chris are going to make it go. Yep. So... But- the interesting thing here, though, that 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 you when you read about it here, you don't really you hear about his his arthritis and all the swollen stuff that he dealt with in '84 with Kiss, which eventually led him to get bounced. But then you never really hear about that anymore. It's almost as like, like it's almost as if it like it it it, it was cured or either it was like anxiety induced. Or I mean, I'm not an, I'm not a doctor, but he had that crippling disease that that forced him out of Kiss. But then he continued to be involved in music for the next 15 years. <laughs> You know, or did they like, you know, fuck it. We got an excuse. Let's go with that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe because it's not because I know people that have arthritis, it can be either chronic where it's all the time or you can have bouts. You can have inflammation. And maybe that's what he had, what he had. But I think you're right. If he was like supremely talented and what they wanted, they probably would have stuck it out. But like you, like you said, it's like, eh, I think this is kind of, let's go with that. Yeah. So let's say, let's go to the, you know, the sad part of this story. Okay. So in 2006, so this is, this, this is the sad story. There's a lot of details here and we don't want to turn into a tabloid podcast here. So we're just kind of reporting the facts on this. In 2006, he was incarcerated for a little bit at a jail in Orange County, California drugs. He was involved. He, he had, he had a lot of drug problems that people talk about. Um, I believe it was meth. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, while he was there, he was involved in a little fracas where um, he had stolen from another inmate's property. He was in fear for his life. Oh, whoa, whoa. let's get into a little bit more details. Okay. He's in jail. He had a yep. two week stint. Yep. And he got supposedly caught stealing crackers. Yep. <laughs> Don't make the laugh. But no, I know. That's how silly is this crackers. And he was in fear of his life because he feared that they were going to beat his ass for it because there was some sort of a code in prison. You don't steal from one of us. No, you don't. Okay. But that's 
one part of the story, but and then no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, we could, we could both. Say, we, then he got his fucking ass beat. Yep. Between beatings, and they said, you know, it's like fucking Oz, part two. Yep. You know, the prison guard not not looking on purpose or whatever. Exactly. Um, they all took turns beating the bag out of him, whether it was beating him with a fucking fist or beating them with their fucking with a pencil or stabbing him with shit. They beat him. They beat him unmercifully. Yeah. And, I mean, he, uh, he, he, he was. Yeah. He, he didn't just get his ass beat. He, they stabbed him with pencils. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he got he, he just the poor guy just got absolutely bludgeoned and. It it's just it's just horrible and and you That's know story number one yeah. story number two is which what I believe that when he got busted for meth one of the officers there that busted him was somebody from his hometown that knew him yep and the story goes that he ratted somebody out so he wouldn't do the time that's why he only did two weeks mm-hmm. and then they ratted him out to the prisoners that he was a rat. And they took their turns and beat the fucking bag out of him. Yep. And they beat him because he was a rat. And his girlfriend at the time, I apparently went to go visit him and saw him and was like, what the fuck? And uh, was like, he is terrified. He's scared for his life. He looked like, like death. And um, apparently when he got out of his stint, he was having medical problems probably internal bleeding and he wouldn't seek medical assistance because he had no health insurance. Now, if that doesn't break your heart or, yep. and I will, I will keep, uh, I'll keep my political views about health insurance and you're going to have universal health care. <laughs> yep. We'll keep that out of here, but that's a fucking shame. I, I almost want to be like Jesus Christ, Kiss. You don't. If you're a member of Kiss, you don't get a lifeline, a lifelong subscription to healthcare. Are you Are you fucking kidding me? They could give two shits. Um, hey Gene, man, I, I'm I'm dying here. I need to see a doctor. <laughs> Can you help me with my health insurance? Uh, who's calling, please? Let me talk to you about our various plans. We have the demon plan, which gives you very basic insurance. Then we have the radioactive plan, which gives us step up. Next, we have the ultimate plan, the double platinum package. That's when Peter Chris will come to your house with rubber alcohol and a band-aid, patch you up, and you're on your way in two weeks. Cost? Fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, it's not bad. It's kind of the same shit I have right now. It's pretty fucking good. Don't knock it. <laughs> See, we're trying to make light of this because it's such a horrible story. But you get the point. He yeah. basically had no health insurance. Yep. After the beating, which was nobody probably wants to go through that. Oh god. Um, no. And then you know he, he his girlfriend said that he was unrecognizable and then several months later he died yep she Um, said she she said i went she said i personally went to this facility a few days before he was beaten to visit him he told me he feared for his life and i didn't take him seriously Uh, until the day was released i went to visit him was heartbroken to see him beaten to the point that i didn't recognize him she said i'm convinced the bleeding 
because the, the the cause of rule the ruling of death was a brain hemorrhage due to a drug overdose. His girlfriend said, "I was with him the night before he died, and he wasn't even taking drugs." She's convinced it's caused by the assault, and he didn't die from an overdose because I was the last person to see him alive. The poor um, bastard. Yeah, just fucking was, brutal. Fell into major depression. Yep. Like sold all his like stuff. Except for supposedly his gold records. Yep. Was selling his outfits, all this stuff, and was mowing lawns and doing roofing to kind of keep up with his drug habit that was still out of control. Just brutal. And look, I'm not, I'm, I'll speak for myself. Zeus, you can chime in here. I'm not going to say that Kiss had any kind of responsibility for a former member, but there's a piece of me, like you said, about the health insurance. Like, there's like, he couldn't have reached out and and like or, or or maybe he did or maybe he was ashamed or embarrassed. But this this kind of shit shouldn't this shouldn't happen to anybody, let alone somebody who who contributed to one of the biggest fucking bands in the world. He died April fifth, two thousand and seven. Yep. Before two thousand and seven, what had happened with Kiss? The reunion. Oh yeah, well yeah, the reunion was in the mid nineties, and then late, mid, and then they made Psycho Circus, and they made all, yeah, right. They were Kiss, is, they Kiss were, was active. Kiss was back to being millionaires by then. Exactly, and they were in the they were in the spotlight. They were active. I mean, they do they were I putting think out. That they, Gene would have helped them. I do. I honestly, I think he would have. I, I do too. I do too. But did he reach out to him? Probably not. But you know what? You got your own life to live. You kind of forget about things. You're not thinking yep. like. Why would I think a guy who's early 50s, I have to worry about him? But maybe, you know, somebody told him like years down, oh, yeah, I think he's on drugs or something like, and, you know, Gene, he's just not into that shit. Right. But uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. And 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 at that time when he was when he was struggling, you know, like Kiss was in the middle of they would, you know, they were they were they were still active. And yeah. like and in the back of their minds, they're like, oh, well. You know, I haven't heard from Mark, but why would I? What's the what's the relevant? You know, we're we're living our life. We're they kiss. friends with him. No, they weren't. They, they had didn't no consider re- him a friend. They, they didn't had- consider him a peer. They, they didn't even really know. They didn't know each other when he came in and did it. Like some of his guitar work, they had like no. They had just pretty much met each other. There was no relationship there. But like you said, we say this all the time. Gene has a huge heart. He he does. He and sometimes he wears it on his sleeve. Sometimes he doesn't. We know Gene's heart. Unfortunately for Paul, I don't know. But again, I'm not, I don't want anybody to think that I am blaming Kiss for this. I'm not. I am not. Mark was a grown man. The, the poor man was 51 years old when he passed away. And his demise is just absolutely fucking horrible. Oh, but you hear about other members of the Kiss Army dying sick. What's his name? Was um, uh, the tour guy. Uh, what's his name? JR. They oh, were JR Smalling. Things, yeah. They were doing, uh, raising money for him and stuff. You didn't really hear about Kiss contributing to that, but that's because he was also part of a book that was kind of not yep. let out some secrets about Kiss. Yep. I, as far as I know, I don't remember really Mark saying anything negative except kind of defending himself about saying that it really wasn't a good fit, um, that it was yep. kind of strange performing with him. He wasn't shitting on the band for them to cut him off or anything like that. Well, the minute he, the minute he goes and describes Paul as being controlling or I was on a leash – that right there, that's Paul being like, yeah, you see you later. Fucking beat it. Beat it. Cut him off in a second. He yep. has no fucking problems 
yep. being cold like that to somebody like that. And he and he's cut off people who are way more important and who have a much more piece of history than Mark St. John. So to Paul, it, it didn't even matter. You know, I mean, there is there is a quote from Gene, you know, a, a passing quote who he's, you know, he said, um, you know, Mark was a great guitarist and a good man and he will be missed. You know, that might be a little cursory comment there, but at least you got something out of Gene. Nothing from Paul. Yeah, you know? it's too bad. I mean, you still feel bad for his story, the way he ends up. If you ever see any of the photos of him late. Oh, it's horrible. Fucking brutal. It doesn't even look like him. Doesn't even. It looks like somebody who's been on drugs. It's yeah. it's terrible. It's terrible. And I'll be the, completely. I'll, pictures I'll, of somebody pre-drugs and post-drugs. Yeah. And I'll be completely honest with you. I didn't really know too much about his his story. Um, I knew that he had gotten into drugs. I knew that he had passed away extremely young and everything. But hearing the details of what happened to him while he was in jail, just fucking brutal, man. The poor man, you know? Yeah. That last photo where he's got an acoustic guitar, it's got like some black cloth. You Terrible. look at that. It looks like he's not even, doesn't even have any teeth. Nope. Well, he was um, using meth. That's why. Yeah. It you know? just, oh, it's just it's, very sad. It's yeah, just very sad. Yeah. You know, but um, but he he, he deserves he has a story that deserves to be told. Yeah, um, he's he's in Kiss and he he contributed to an album that a lot of people love. You know, a lot of people love Animalize. I do. I think Zeus does, and he he was part of it. He was he was part of it. So yeah, and when you think about it, you know, Animalize and stuff, uh, like oh well, it's not one of the higher ranked Kiss albums. But then you take all your albums that you like of all the eras, and then you're like. Where would you put this? Would you rather have this album by that band or Animal? I'll take Animalize. Like, oh yeah, it might be on the bottom of Kiss, but I'll still take it over other bands' albums. Oh, Animalize is is an album that, as I've gotten older, I have grown to like it even more. I mean, I'm not gonna put it. I'm not gonna put it in my top five or anything, but it's a fucking killer. Even if you're not a Kiss fan, if you're a, if you're a fan of '80s metal or '80s rock, how can you not like Animalize? I think this I, th- I I think this album brought in a lot of non Kiss fans because people are like oh shit listen to them on this yeah Heaven's on Fire obviously oh but, yeah obviously but the rest of it when we do also also bands uh, members when we do their episode we'll do like a top ten for each of their songs for Mark obviously like I said earlier we did Animalize we broke those songs down. There were like we we're gonna do top five for him, but then I'm like, you know what? There's only two extra ones that he played on, so let's do the seven songs. And we're not doing it by our favorite. We already ranked Animalize. I'm just gonna say for Mark, what for you? What are the best seven Mark St. John tracks? Rank the seven that he performed on, and uh, you know, start from number seven. Uh, you want to begin, or should I? You can go. You can start. Kick All it right. Off. So number seven is definitely. Definitely the worst song and one of the worst songs ever done by Kiss. While the city sleeps. <sighs> see, f- see if we're if we're doing this based on Mark St. John's technical mm-hmm. ability or or his ability period, and not just yep. Kiss songs, which is what we're doing. I'm basically uh, going guitar. Yeah, right, right. I actually, uh, I- I'm on record as saying. I like while the city sleeps. I don't mind murder and high heels. I know he didn't perform on that. It was uh, what lonely is the hunter and murder and high heels are the two. He didn't perform. Correct. On. Um, I don't think while the city sleeps is that bad, but I'll probably rank that seventh as well. Okay. Um, number six for me was uh burn bitch burn. 
No, God, I love. I'm not going by guitar. I'm not going by song. Right. No, no, no. I know. I know. If I'm going by guitar, not by song. This song has no solo in it. The song's great, but it's just a it's just a couple of chord chordal patterns, and that's Heaven's on Fire. It's a great song, but it doesn't. Sh- anybody could have done that. That's not showing anything special. There's no solo in it. There's nothing in there. It's a great song, but if we're talking about Mark St. Okay. John, I'm, I'm going to put that sixth. Number five for me was Thrills in the Night. That was actually going to be my fifth too. Great song, but ver- you know there is a little bit of noodling on that from him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in between, I, I like I like that. But go ahead. That was then my number five four for me. Get all you can take. Yeah, I th- I think. Uh, yeah. That that yeah, I'll have to put that there as well. That'll be my that'll be that'll be my fourth. Number three for me, Heaven's on Fire. It's still a riff that I'm sure he had some part of, I'm hoping. Or yep. did he just fucking join in and uh sync up with Paul? I know there's a chord pattern there for a guitar solo, but yeah, the, it's kind of indistinguishable. It doesn't really like I said, anybody could play that. that fucking thing where he like yep. where he's like in the he's video. Gotta, yep. And and that's the other reason too, because he's in the video. There's one part of the video, isn't there, where like a, someone has like a mask and they take away, and he's got his fucking huge Ron Wood beak nose in the middle of the camera. <laughs> he looks like he's totally confused. He's like, yeah, <laughs> <What the fuck? laughs> yeah. So I all right, so on fire is three for me. So my third is burn, bitch, burn. And I think we're obviously going to have this, the top two because they're the ones that rip the most on this album. Yeah, so. number two for me is Under the Gun. Fucking song rips. Yeah, that's my that's my two. I'm not a huge fan of the song, but in terms of shredding, I mean, that's absolutely, that's one of the biggest killer shredder songs ever. That's really a Mark St. John song. Yeah, and then that solo, number one, is easy. Yep. I've had enough. That fucking song. <laughs> you would think that Vinny's back, like, still there. That song is insane. That song is so good. And I'm and I'm usually this is a, this is like a fast kiss song, but it's just pared down like under the gun is off the fucking rails. It's like the most schizophrenic kiss song ever. I've had enough into the fire is terrific and it, it, that that it just rips. That's a good showcase for what he Yeah, I and also an I've had enough when Paul's high for oh, oh yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. whatever. And then yep. the guitar goes and the solo goes. You're like, oh my god. It's, you're like, holy shit. It's it's I mean, if you like that kind of stuff, it's awesome. Yep. So you guys can see with having I've had enough for me, that's Mark's song. That's yep. his to me, that's Mark St. John. When I think of him in his contribution to Kiss. That's what sticks out to me. It's not going to be what's your best song because he played on Animalize. It's not Heaven's on Fire. No, no, it's not. Nope. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people like that album for that reason. I think again, it came out in '84. You were just starting to get into, just starting to get into that shred stuff. And I think Kiss did it just enough on this album. Yeah. yeah. So God bless Mark. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. And, and thank uh, you, thank, thank you for the thank you for the music. And uh, I'm glad that his, you know, he only had one contribution, and it's an album that a lot of people love. So. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to questions, Tom. Do we have one? Yeah, we do. So this came from, uh, let me double check. This came from Chris on Facebook and he, his, his question is it's, it's interesting. He said, you guys talk a lot about, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. He said, you guys talk a lot about what kiss has been doing during the pandemic, um, you know, without touring, you know, Paul being doing his social commentary, Gene occasionally chiming in on stuff. Uh, nothing, nothing from Tommy, nothing from Eric. 
So this question is, do you think that this is a preview of what's to come when Kiss is done? Yes. Is, it, is this what we're going to see? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Paul putting out shit that drives me fucking nuts. Gene coming out with stuff to keep himself relatively in the news, commenting on news stuff on Twitter or throwing out like projects that he gets involved in and something like that. Yeah. And then occasionally Paul will talk about some sort of recognition that kiss got or he got or his soul station shit. Yeah. I, I still think that eventually when they're done, they're going to do a residency in, in Vegas Hopefully when this pandemic is over But I think this is a great question Because I think it, we're seeing it This is Kiss Yeah, unfortunately I agree The only thing I might change a little bit Is I think I think Tommy and Eric are young enough Where They could still they could still do something I mean, those guys are Those, those guys are True musicians, like rockers Paul isn't, Gene isn't They can be when they need to be But I think I think the the heart of Tommy and the heart of Eric is rock and roll and music. So I could see them maybe doing something, but I think we talk about it all the time. I mean, you look at Paul's Twitter page, there's no pictures of kiss. There's nothing. And like you said, it's paulstanley.com. There's nothing there. There's no reference to the band. You know, so, what's funny. I would call it, you know what I would describe it? Paul Stanley's trying to Bon Jovi his career. Yeah. But Bon Jovi still making fucking, music though. But hold on a second. Okay, go Bon ahead. Jovi is trying to take his fucking way he got popular yep. and whitewash it. Get it the fuck out of here. Yep. And pretend that all that slippery wet fringe, hair up to the sky, you give love a bad name, fucking uh, in and out of love. The shit that build him up is gone. You don't remember that. Now he, he's a soulful singer-songwriter that can sell out stadiums. That's what Paul's trying to be. He's trying to take all the fucking cheesiness that got him to this point and only be known for renowned artist Paul Stanley. Now that the being artist, said, the musician, oh, and a member of Kiss. Now like, that right? being now, th- now that being said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that, but I but I also think that they're put in a position where it, it Bon Jovi can't be the guy from the Wanted Dead or Alive video at this age. No, he Paul, wasn't doing. He was doing this at these days. He was doing that. No, Tom, I know. In the nineties, he fucking did that shit. But that's Changed but that's everything. Try to get rid of that image. But that's but the but that's a good point that you bring up because at least with Bon Jovi, it was graduals to get him to this point. Now, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's what we want to see from Bon Jovi. I'm just saying that's what Paul's doing. But Paul's doing it. But I think the difference of Paul. Paul's doing it so abruptly that it's shocking to Kiss fans. Paul never did this before. Never did this before. And and yeah. I, I just I just think it's sad. And, I, and, and I'll just end with this. And maybe you guys can comment on it. I'm still not sold that they're touring again. I've been saying that. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I'm still not sold on that. They'll finish it up. I hope. I'm positive on that. They'll I hope. It. I hope because we have tickets. So yeah. So uh, Tom, I'll jump on this one this week. Uh, Go for people, it. You guys can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, um, Amazon Music. There's a million different little like ways you can get it. Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castbox, Castro, Luminary, Castro Radio. There's a fucking million ways to find us. Find your 
path. And if you don't find it and you, you have to find us on a different method you don't like because we're not on your preferred method, let us know. We'll get on that preferred method. You can uh, interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tom is managing most of that stuff, and he's very quick to get back to you guys. I jump in with a stupid comment here and there. Um, and you can always reach us there through direct messages. We try to interact with each, each and every one of you. The other way to reach us is through email. We love getting your emails and feedback. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us you liked the episode or you didn't like it or you liked the discussion or something that, you know, uh, you want to say. We're your buddies. Say whatever you want. And um, also, please give us one of those five-star child reviews on uh, iTunes, on podchaser.com, wherever you can. It helps people find us. We really appreciate that. And um, anything else? Oh, uh, why don't you tell them about our our friend Ed and our, our Pantheon friends? Yep. So we're part of the great Pantheon podcast network. Uh Awesome network filled with tons of great music podcasts ranging from pop, metal, folk, country, you name it. It's awesome. Um, Check us out. You can check them out at pantheonpodcast.com. You can find us and all the other great shows that we're associated with. Um, And then our buddy, Ed, we always mention him. Check him out at clickteashop.com. Click with a K. Um, He's the one that designed our awesome Shout It Out Loudcast logo and sells great merchandise for us, T-shirts, et cetera, et cetera. And then he also... Uh, his primary specialty is selling unbelievable kiss inspired designs, really, really unique and creative and awesome designs. Check them out. Holidays are coming up soon. Get some stuff for your kiss fans, get some stuff for your shout it out loudcast fans. Check them out. He's on all the social medias too. It's click T shop, click with a K and that's T E E shop.com. Great stuff from Ed. Yep. And, uh, after that, Tom, we usually go to famous last words. You got any? Oh, always. I've got the power. This is the hour now. Wishing and hoping won't get you nothing. Praying and scheming. No time for dreaming. I've got the power. This is the hour now. Ooh. I'm not going to try to hit that note. So I'm just going to read it like that. Yeah. Well, I am. Oh, boy. Press the pedal to the metal. <laughs> On your mock set. Go! <laughs> How are your fucking ears, people? Nice. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Zeus, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Uh, again, we wanted to pay our respects to a, a, a member of Kiss. It's a somber, serious topic, but uh, Mark deserves uh, an episode dedicated to him and his contributions to the band. Peace out, Girl Scout.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 